the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We're back. It's hour three. Time flies when you're having fun, even when you're talking about tough stuff. And we are. We just listened together to that, uh, I don't know, a little over two minutes of Senator John Kennedy describing in graphic detail the abortion of a 20-week-old baby using the equivalent of pliers to just rip limb from limb and then eventually take the head out of the womb. And then the Democrat leader of that particular Senate committee cutting him off and saying, your time's up, your time's up. And Kennedy's saying, you know, everybody else has gone long, and I know you don't want to hear about these issues, but it has stimulated, spurred a lot of conversation, whole bunch of text messages as well. Before we get back to the abortion topic, because we've got two callers who want to talk about it, and I've got a text I want to read to you as well. Um, Holly has a question or some insight on voting in the RNC leadership election coming up next week, which I will be a part of as your Republican National Committee man. So let's start with Holly this hour. Holly and Aurora, welcome to the show. Hey, Randy, how are you? I'm hanging together. I'm trying to put it all back together. Good. Hey, listen, yeah, I heard um, on Charlie Kirk's show, I think, that uh, it's been being bantered around that Laura Trump, Eric's wife, is being considered very strongly for one of the co-chairs for the RNC, and and that they're talking about doing, uh, you know, two uh, co-chairs for Ronna McDaniel's position, which um, I think it's kind of a good idea. But um, anyway, they were also wondering, or I was also wondering, if Scott Pressler would be also considered um, not as a, instead of Laura, but as the two of them, because they sound like both of them um, are really uh, uniquely equipped for what they're looking to do. I heard um, Laura is just incredible with the donorship kind of things that uh, and running fundraising and stuff like that. So that's what they're thinking for her. And they're also saying Scott Pressler has been doing, already been doing, and I don't know if he's interested or not, but he's already been doing this, um, uh, trying to um, get people, get people, grassroots people out to knock on doors and voter registration and all kinds of stuff. He's been coming up with all kinds of ideas where they've been doing stuff. So they want to see him cheerlead for, um, all of you guys, all, you 168 um, in that program of showing you how, you know, things could be done. That Rona just, she had, she had no interest, uh, Randy. She just, she wanted to be the top, but she didn't want to do any of the work. Well, and, I'm, um, I'm not going to go that far, Holly. I, you know, oh, back, okay. back during the leadership elections, I had Rona McDaniel on the show. I had Mike. Uh, Mike Lindell on the show, and I had Harmie Dillon, who's also an attorney and a civil rights lawyer and um, national committee woman from California. They were all three running for chair. And when I had Ron on the show, you know, we talked about all the the um, 
really powerful things that she did in that committee. But for me, when the election happened, um, I didn't hear from a single constituent, not one person who voted for me to be the national Mm. committee man. I was getting bombarded with emails from around the country about it. I didn't hear from one person who said, yeah, we want yet another term of Ronna McDaniel. So I voted no. And I think people like our current committee woman who voted for Ronna, um, around the country, people who voted for leadership but ignored their constituents in the process, I think may pay the price at election time here around April. And so back to your original comment, Laura Laura Trump is absolutely um, in running for co-chair. I think the chair is going to be Mike Watley. He's the uh, former chair from New Hampshire. And uh, he really did turn New Hampshire around in a powerful way. He's been working as general counsel for the Republican National Committee uh, since the last election. Um, But more importantly, Donald Trump has endorsed him. So um, you can almost put put a fork in that one. It's going to be Mike Watley and the daughter-in-law, Laura Trump, who are going to be running the RNC. And I'm excited about that. Yeah, now, me too. Me too. As far as Scott Pressler goes, uh, I've been frustrated. I've I've confronted uh, Ronna McDaniel directly. Uh, I've done it in public uh, when she was on stage at our meetings. I've done it in private. I've done it on social media. She has refused to engage Scott Pressler, and yeah. and he's amazing. He's the for people who don't remember or know who we're talking about. He's extremely tall, long hair. Uh, he's been in Colorado. He's the guy who goes into cities and cleans up multiple city blocks, organizes volunteers, and he's turned his volunteer gathering skills into a massive voter turnout operation. And That's he's reached what out. I've understood. Yeah, and he reached out day after day after day to Ronna. In fact, on Twitter, he was yeah. saying, you know, day ninety three, that Ronna McDaniel mm-hmm. still hasn't called me back. And I literally confronted her about this on stage a couple of meetings ago, Holly. And yeah. uh, and she said at that time, well, have him call my my chief of staff and I'll talk to him. And I said, look, I've got his number right here. And the chief of staff came over. I connected him. I called Scott Pressler, who's been on this show many times as well. And uh, he said, yeah, it's a bunch of nonsense. They they will not talk to me. And they they never did. I know That's for a okay. fact yeah. that Laura Trump. Mike Watley, and the growing number of America First conservatives that are on the Republican National Committee are going to insist that Scott Pressler's talents and skills are put to work. I just have no doubt good. about it. Yeah. Good, 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 good. And I was also understanding that this is part of maybe one of the excuses that Nikki Haley has about not dropping out is that as long as she stays in, Trump doesn't get the... Um, the uh, briefings and stuff that he's supposed to get mm. because he's not the actual nominee. Interesting. Now, actually, and I, I didn't know that. Well, actually, Holly, I, and I'm not sure about this, but I think I don't know. I think that that does not happen until you are an actual nominee, and that won't happen yeah. just because she drops out. It, that his his actual oh. nomination will occur at the end of July in Milwaukee when we have our national convention. Oh, yeah. Okay. 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 Right. I didn't know that either. Okay. Fantastic, Randy. 
really good. Timely call, Holly. And I appreciate Thanks. everything. You betcha. Thanks you for, betcha. Thanks Talk for waiting. Talk to you later. You bet. Holly's, mm-hmm. Holly's line is open, 303-696-1971. Now, oh, and oh, I should have told this to Holly. Hope that she's still listening. Breaking news from the Babylon Bee. And by the way, I know a lot of our listeners are not on social media. They may not be familiar with the Babylon Bee. It is a satire site. Uh, but they have just broken the news that Ronna McDaniel was hired as the Democrat National Committee chair due to her extensive experience defeating Republicans. Oh, that's harsh. That is harsh. And listen, I could defend Ronna McDaniel in a host of ways, but I did not vote for her. And I told her publicly uh, that I wasn't going to and why. Not because I disliked her, not because she didn't become the most litigious chair primarily toward election interference cases and all that, uh, and a host of other things that she did very well, but because none of my constituents and people that I heard from around the country wanted her to be reelected. So I had to take that stance. I had to. All right, before we go back to the phones on abortion, I just want to read this uh, tweet that came in, or this uh, text to studio that came in, 710KNUS, Text to studio app free for the listening for the downloading, and then you can listen to the station anywhere you have an internet connection, clear and crisp. Highly recommend that you go get it. Uh, but this one is important. We we listen to Senator John Kennedy describe the dismemberment uh, that goes on in an abortion. I talked briefly about um, late term abortions, partial birth abortions, as they're sometimes called. And I described how they deliver the body, and then before the head comes out, before it becomes a human being where you'd be charged with murder, they insert something resembling a pair of scissors into the back of the neck to sever the spine. And here is the text. Hi, Randy. In a partial birth abortion, spinal cord cutting sometimes does not end the gruesome horror. To make the extraction easier, brains are often suctioned out of the skull through the hole made by the neck incision. Then cranium crushing is much easier to do. Before Dobbs was decided, it's estimated that about 2,000 such procedures were done every year in the U.S. Thanks very much for dealing with this issue candidly. We have to face it and replace it with compassion and our love as our guide. Amen to that, J.B. J.B. ends with keep up your good work. God bless you. We're all praying for a better future. Double whammy amen to all of that. All right. Um, We've had callers waiting to talk about the abortion issue. Johnny's been waiting the longest in Denver. Johnny, I appreciate it. Man, by that text that you sent me, I thought maybe we would see you at the uh, first Friday breakfast where I got to announce my candidacy for the RNC. And uh, and it was a hiccup with with Uber. Ah, that'll do it. First time. Oh, man. I well, out of all the times to have a hiccup, that wasn't the time. But. Well, I was looking for you, my friend, and I'm glad that you called in. What do you What do you want to say tonight about the abortion okay. topic? Um, before I get through the the, the history, um, if anybody would want to, they're talking about this uh, Google Gemini and what it it doesn't do as far as like is it in both sides of the story. Talk, go into any chat. Um, go to the AI chat and talk about abortion, and it will deny that Democrats 
want to kill the baby up to the, to the birth is it say something stupid like it's, it's against the law. It's, and I said, well, what about Paulus in uh, his April 3rd decision to kill the birth? He says, no, they wouldn't. That, that is impossible. So this, uh, all the AI chats deny the truth. And just try it. Just have a, a simple conversation with it. And, you, and for people who are into that, I use it to write up documents pretty much. But then when I get into these other discussions, you could tell that the programmer is a left-wing person. Yeah, well, that's the that's the real fear about AI, isn't it? Because uh, Google, I understand, had to pull back their AI, what was it called, Genesis or something, their AI program, because it was coming up with such absurd answers to questions. <laughs> You'd ask to see the um, the heroes of World War II or something, and they'd come up with a, a mix of of people that had no basis in reality to the actual, uh, you know, credentials or background or ethnicity of the people who fought. And I mean, just ridiculous stuff. And that's that's the concern, because it's not it's not really artificial intelligence creating uh, capable of doing its own study and creating its own ideas. It starts with programming and it's always going to take the programming bias of the person that's setting it up. Yeah, and then uh, just getting into the history, I mean, I guess in, in the history of men with women uh, sacrificing their children to the gods, and, and then in, in Matthew, when the king said, kill all the t- two-year-olds, uh, and then Moses, uh, you know, kill the babies before, um, you know, just throw them in, in the ocean. And this thing with killing babies, now we just have a more effective way where we, we don't hear it. Uh, Dr. Fauci, he put a, a grant out there to see uh, what effect would um, uh, skin-eating flies would, would have on, on um, beagle dogs. And so they would put these flies in and they would eat up the, the, the heads. And, and the, 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 the scientists that were doing this said they got tired of hearing the, the, the dogs cry out, so they clipped the tongues. So, God. And that's what Fauci uh, yeah. funded. So we got some sick people that are in power and they're able to brainwash just like that girl that uh, that lady was talking to in the store they're able to brainwash it and say don't think about what they're doing and, and then we have the 64 million murders that we've done and now we, we we need these illegal immigrants so we can have people to pay taxes to support the social security because we killed off all the young people that would have been working to supply the funds. Yeah, we're, we're a sick society, Johnny, and, and it, we're in a spiritual battle. Uh, evil surrounds us. One correction, they're not illegal immigrants. They are illegal aliens. I think that distinction is important. <laughs> and, uh, um, and yeah, you're right. I mean, we, we uh, in part, I mean, the Democrats, are, the Democrats are not trying to replace a birth rate. The Democrats are trying to replace their, the, what they're slipping in their voting base. Absolutely. Donald Trump has sucked out unions. He's sucked out blue-collar wor- workers. He's increasing his percentages in the black community, Hispanic community, gay community, and even among the, uh, the vaunted soccer moms who see what a n- mess the country is left in under Democrat control and creepy, sleepy showers with daughter Joe Biden. So, um, yeah. A-plus on all points there, Johnny. I really appreciate the call. Sorry to miss you last Friday. 
Hey, no problem. God bless, sir. All right, I know we're running late, but uh, Linda's been waiting a long time. Even had to call back in. And so, Linda, let's get to your point. Uh, We're talking about abortion right now. Welcome back to the show. Oh, it's good talking to you again. But anyway, babies are God's opinion. Life should go on. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree, and uh, and they're babies, you know. I, that's that's the most incredible thing that somehow we can treat them as just uh, lifeless lumps of flesh that we can just suck into a sink, even right up to the point of birth. And and these procedures, the twenty week abortion where they dismember babies, and the the partial birth abortions are insanely cruel and disgusting. And if people watch them. Go online and look it up. Watch a procedure. It will change your life. And I think the reason that I become less and less worried about 20 to 50-year-old women and they're turning on anybody who stands up for the unborn life versus a woman's right to make birth control decisions, uh, you know, right up to the time of birth, is because all of these MRIs showing up on, or ultrasounds showing up on people's refrigerators, those are not your blobs of cells that are growing in mommy's womb, Johnny and Susie, that is your little baby brother or sister that's growing in mommy's womb. And and they see it. They see it grow. They see it suck its thumb. They hear its first heartbeat. That changes hearts and minds. And I think over time will have a bigger impact than the propaganda that's allowed people to become so uh, just immune to being hurt by thinking about what actually goes on. Well, Linda, thank you so much for calling back in, and it's nice to hear from you. Take good care. Thank you. All right. We'll just hit one more text on this subject, and then uh, one thing I want to make sure that you get to hear before this show is over is this tremendous interview. I think we've got all of it. I think I've cut it all up, six or seven minutes, between uh, my good friend Steve Dace. He's on Blaze TV now, used to be a nationally syndicated talk show host, author, movie maker. An amazing, amazing um, just debater and thinker and principled through and through. And we argue all the time, especially when it comes to Donald Trump. But um, he interviewed this Blaze reporter who was in the Capitol on January 6th, uh, photographing, interviewing, uh, you know, reporting, doing what reporters do. FBI hauled him in, put him in handcuffs and leg irons. He said he had chains around his belly. And uh, you'll want to hear his story and the very insightful questions from my friend Steve Dace. We'll also cap that with uh, some commentary from Glenn Beck, who, of course, I think is the big wig at Blaze. Um, But anyway, they've got a whole lot to say. I want to share that with you. Before we go to break, though, one last comment. This is on the Text to Studio app coming into the studio. Abortion is legal because, as a matter of law, The Constitution guarantees the right of life to persons. But liberals have determined that a baby is not a person until it changes its location from uterus to hospital bed. For these morons, personhood is a matter of location. For them, a mystical vagina fairy apparently bestows personhood and life to a baby as it passes through the birth canal. These people are science-phobic. Prenatal medicine is the practice of treating unborn people, not unborn blobs, 
These doctors are not providing care to an inanimate clump of cells like tumors. They are treating patients with names and heartbeats whose location happens to be inside mother's uterus. The right of a mother to choose ends when she creates the opportunity to become pregnant, when she gets pregnant. Yeah, I, I, I just, listen, I think it is so important that we incrementally stop what we can, that I want to focus my arguments on what people agree the most about, and that is no late-term abortion, no birth canal abortion, no partial birth, scissors into the neck, snipping the spinal cord, sucking out the brain's abortions, no dismemberment abortions at 20 weeks. You know, pick your stopping point, six weeks, 12 weeks, whatever you can get past, that is a start. That will save babies' lives. Prior Texter said, Focus on love and compassion, and I get that. We need to do a better job of providing alternatives and care for pregnant, scared, pregnant mothers. But the baby's life is paramount, has to be. And the only exception to the, for this texture is where mother's life is in danger. Abortion is a viable procedure because of the doctrine of self-defense. And, yeah, the, the mother, parents should choose when the pregnancy threatens the life of the mother, I, I have always agreed with that as an exception. Rape and incest, I'm sorry. I, I can't agree with that as a rape. I'm, I'm sorry, as an exception, because it doesn't take into account the innocent baby who is getting killed. But rather than constantly pounding on pro-life from the moment of conception, which is a principled stance, I understand it, I believe it myself, we need to focus on the political realities realities that many large percentage of Americans believe in some limitations and spend the rest of our time educating people about just how draconian and evil and painful and disgusting this continuing procedure is. Anyway, way, way, way late, as usual, on the break. Better get to it. Randy Corcoran, stay with us, 710 KNUS. Yeah, we stepped into the 2000s for that one, Oasis, Go Let It Out. I think that's a song that we pulled out, or heck, it might have even been Blake uh, Blake Gallagher who pulled it out for us when we were co-hosting, or filling in actually, not co-hosting, duh, sub-hosting, filling in for my good friend Dr. Matt Dunn over there at good old Backbone Radio on Sundays from 4 to 7 p.m. And so we thought we'd throw it back in for you. But man, oh man, 7.30. We've got less than a 7.33 now. We've got less than a half hour to go in the show. And before we jump back on topics, I stumbled across an audio of our good friend, really one of our best friends, uh, Tricky Dick Wadhams, former Colorado State GOP chair, showed up as a witness for Jenna Griswold in the trial that I was doing with with uh, Professor and Attorney John Eastman to try and stop the open primary by way of a preliminary injunction. We lost there, uh, but we'll be back at it with experts, with a full-fledged you know, evidentiary presentation, probably a week-long trial in 2025 to finally put a fork in the unconstitutional and unsuccessful for Republicans 
really disgusting effort by these soft, underbellied Republicans like Dick um, to make it impossible for conservative Republicans to win again. But apparently he was at the Nikki Haley rally, and he was asked by uh, some clown why, um, you know, why people should consider voting for Nikki. And here's what good old Dick Wadhams had to say. We need to show Donald Trump and his people that there's more to the Republican Party than him. More to the Republican Party than him. Okay, then. Well, apparently not, Dick. There is no Republican Party at this particular time outside of Donald Trump, and thank God for that. We don't need Nikki Haley. We don't need warmongers for president. We don't need people who make millions of dollars off of their political careers running for president. We don't need to keep telling lies about Donald Trump, about January 6th in particular, in order to stop the people's choice, the Republicans' choice for president, Donald Trump. What we need is, you know, forget about the old guard, the old news, the old establishment hackaroos. If you were listening to the show right after we completed our federal court hearing on Prop 108, I talked a little bit about Dick Wadham's behavior. And, and one of Dick Wadham's uh, statements during testimony, and this is a paraphrase, it's been a few weeks now, was that uh, he couldn't think of any people who had run as Republicans but supported Democrats. And uh, I said, you know, and I didn't do this. I was very limited on time. Uh, the judge had strict time rules. I didn't think Dick's testimony was very important to what we were actually trying to accomplish. Turned out maybe it added a little more zing to the judge's decision against us than I would have liked. But I asked, you know, he said he couldn't think of any Republicans uh, when I was talking about the damage done to the Republican brand by having open primaries and therefore allowing Democrats to elect Republican candidates. And he couldn't think of any. So during the break, he came out of the courtroom and there were several people standing around. And I asked him, Dick, what about Kevin Priola? Kevin Priola was a longtime Republican, uh, always, always voting with the not, you know, not every single time, but voting with Democrats, voting for a left agenda running and getting reelected as a Republican. And actually, it finally became so blatant that just last year he flipped his affiliation. He is now actually a Democrat. Well, Dick just kept walking, and one of the people in the crowd started threw some other names at him. You know, what about Joe O'Day, Dick? Joe O'Day, who, listen, I like Joe. I've met Joe. I've spent some time with him. Don't know him well. Really good guy. Extremely powerful story. Wonderful success story. But after, after he got the nomination as the Republican U.S. Senate candidate, he came out and announced that he and his wife had been praying on it. And if he were in Congress, he would vote to codify Roe v. Wade. He would vote to overturn what it took 50 years to do, and that was for activists, Republicans, Christians, just people of good heart to acknowledge what Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Supreme Court justice from the far left, 
had said about Roe v. Wade, it's bad constitutional law. And the Republican nominee for U.S. Senate came out and said after praying on it, he had decided that he would vote to reinstitute Roe v. Wade, but as a law by voting for it in Congress if he became a United States senator. Oh, and he lost by 13 points. Yeah, because Republicans did not vote for him. Republicans did not vote for him. Anyway, wrap up this story. Dick was coming around the corner. Um, He was being challenged with, you know, Kevin Priola, Joe O'Day on his actual sworn testimony that open primaries don't impact Uh, getting candidates in who do not ascribe to Republican values, do not ascribe to the Republican platform. And as he walked around the corner to the elevators, which were right around the corner from where we were standing outside the courtroom, he shouted out, go to hell, Randy. And one of the guys who was confronting him pulled out his cell phone, started recording and said, did you just, Dick Wadhams, did you just tell Randy Corcoran to go to hell? And he he did. I mean, my God, can you imagine becoming so unhinged? All I asked him was, what about Kevin Priola? That's it. Really, really pathetic. So there he was getting recorded by a lefty and talking about how we have to vote for Nikki Haley to show that there's more to the Republican Party than Donald Trump. What a bunch of gobbledygook and nonsense. All right. I what do we got? Lots of phones here. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, you know what? We'll say we're going to have time in the final segment. You've got to hear this interview that Steve Dace did with Steve Baker. Um, we'll do that on the other side. Let's see if we can squeeze through these two calls before we get there. We'll start with Sandy and Loveland. Sandy, welcome. Just wanted to make an announcement about um, there is a debate forum in Holyoke um, tomorrow at one o'clock at the Holyoke Event Center. There's 12 candidates for CD4: Lauren Boebert, Richard Holtorf, Mike Lynn. Yeah, don't need to go through the other. whole list. We're limited on time, but yeah, big okay. race in CD4. Go ahead. Just wanted to let everyone know that. Um, the doors are open at one, and we'd love to have everybody and anyone who would love to uh, um, have questions for the for the candidates. I'm so glad that you called in with that, Sandy. Is there a website or anything, a way that people can find out more information? You know, I'm not sure, but I know um, Steve and Sherry Brown are sponsoring it, and they always do a stand-up job out there. They really go... Um, I've got one very incor- important question, Sandy. Yes. Where the hell is Holyoke? Holyoke, um, Eastern Colorado, okay. now, Ak- near Akron, uh, where Richard Hortos is from. Excellent. Big, big farmland out there. Yeah. Okay. Very, well, yeah, East- thanks for sharing that very, very much, and I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. Yeah. God bless you, Randy. All right. We're going to stop it there. I just don't want to cut Mike short. We'll take our break now. We'll We'll talk to Mike. We've got other callers lighting up the phones. Uh, maybe we'll save this interview till next week. I, I don't know. We'll see how far we can get with it. We'll take some quick calls on the other side. Stay with us here on 710 KNUS. Hallelujah, baby. Got back into the 70s with that one, Sweat Hog, Hallelujah. And I, you know, 
obviously I carry a, a big weight around right now and um, time slowly and surely. But when I'm in church, when I hear hallelujah being shouted like that, I, I do get lifted up. And I'm just trying to let more of that in and, you know, try and train my mind to push away the memories that circle back and those odd moments that hit and those firsts that hurt so much when you lose your life's mate. Um, but, man, life is still for the living, right? That's what I keep pushing my way toward. So thank you all so much for the support. I, I just can't believe it. Text messages continue to pour in. Randy, glad to hear that you're running again. I'm especially glad to hear that the loss of your beautiful bride is a little less debilitating as time goes on, although it probably isn't less painful. Yeah, the pain, you learn to live with that. You learn to live around it. You learn to not recognize it every single minute of every single day. And I know I'll get better at that. I, I feel good about you know, the possibility of another productive and happy chunk of life as I head towards 65 this year. Alexa, Randy, so weird how the left has baby showers and not fetus showers. Yeah, going back to our conversation, uh, troubling in some ways, conversation on abortion. She also notes that Scott Pressler is a rock star and she loves his hair. Man, that dude has long, gorgeous hair and he's super tall towers over everybody in a room you can pick him out from 30 feet away but very gentle very mild mannered just a really good guy all right we've still got full lines i god i want to get to this steve baker interview let's see what we can do here laura can you make it really quick I wanted to say that it's very important that we use the power of our resolutions this Thursday or this Saturday, whenever our caucus is. And um, because election algorithms um, are undetectable and uh, control our elections, we need to go, we need to have a resolution. And the more the, we submit the same resolution, the more likely it will become part of our party platform. So we need to have them, you know, a resolution to have our elections be in person in the precinct, citizenship ID verified, and um, we have uh, waivers that are notarized, and that we have the hand count on camera, okay? All right, so Laura. anybody can see it, okay? That resolution is important to put in. Thank you, Laura. I'm going to jump, and uh, good luck in making that happen. Mike in Aurora has a comment on our good buddy Tricky Dick Wadhams, and I see a text. Did you hear the slamming of Dick on Jeff and Bill's show? No, I did not, but... Um, uh, Mike, what do you got to say? Please make it quick. Yeah, last time I heard Dick Wadden's, he was live on your morning radio show, and he offered a, a thinly veiled threat. I was, I've just come to the conclusion the man's a nasty, ill-tempered, money-seeking political operative. And yes, those are my words, not yours. And uh, his comments, what you related there, are just proven. Yeah, it was it was pretty uh, it was just weird. I mean, I I'm in I'm dressed in a suit. I'm acting as a lawyer, not a radio host, not a political activist. And I just ask him about Kevin Priola. Go to hell, Randy, in a federal courtroom or a courthouse, not in the courtroom, but in the courthouse. It was it was pretty wild. Um I I think maybe his irrelevance is what troubles him so. But I was listening so be I was listening on the radio. Yeah, I was listening on the radio and I yelled out, "Whoa!" Yeah. Pretty wild. All right, Mike. Well, thank you very much for waiting and have a good weekend. All right. I am going to start this interview, Steve Dace, with Steve Baker, the Blaze Reporter. Let me me just start with a... 
Steve, let me my, let me just come start. on my twitchy finger. Um, Steve Baker, the the um, reporter for the Blaze and the Blaze TV. Steve, let me let me just start with a dumb question, but uh, we're buds, so it's a personal question. How are you doing, man? Um, I'm a little humiliated, but I'm okay. What went on there for the last what five hours? Yeah, well, starting at 7 o'clock this morning, um, they Steve, took me, me in, they processed me, question, put me in but, cuffs. Uh, Steve, let me, uh, that let me just was the start. FBI, and then they put me in a car in cuffs and drove me to the courthouse, handed me over to the U.S. Marshals, who then uh, put me in leg chains. Uh, the, only, the only thing I, that didn't happen that I was expecting was um, uh, an orange jumpsuit. Uh, you know, all I had to do was surrender my necktie and my belt and my shoelaces, and otherwise I was able to wear my clothes. Uh, but I did get to um, sport some leg chains for several hours. I've not had a chance to read um, the charges, but to, uh, looking at uh, our uh, mutual friend and colleague Sarah Gonzalez's feed, it appears that they're charging you with entering yep. restricted grounds, disorderly conduct, parading and picketing in the Capitol. Is that accurate? Are those the charges they gave you this morning? Yeah, th- those are the charges. <laughs> it is is my behavior, or is that accurate? Was that my behavior? No. And, of course, we have the video to prove that. And, of course, we have the video to prove that. And I believe it is Republican Speaker of the House Mike Johnson who released additional J6 video that proves exactly what Steve Baker is talking about. I'm the first to admit, haven't seen all the video, haven't read the complaint, but Steve Dace continues his interview with Blaze reporter Steve Baker. I assume you com- were you able to communicate that to them, either yourself or your attorney, during the five hours you were you were uh, no. there this morning? No, that, that wasn't the purpose of this hearing today. This was just for me to accept the charges to uh, agree to all of the circumstances and the restrictions uh, that uh, I'm faced with going forward and making sure that I just understand the law and how it uh, pertains to this situation. And obviously, uh, I'm I'm essentially on probation right now while I'm not being detained. So anything I do can be used against me in a court of law, as they say. Um, Fortunately, I don't have a gag order on me. Uh, That was my next question. A restricted uh, travel. Yeah, I don't have restricted travel to D.C., which is highly unusual because that's uh, that's what they do to 100 percent of the January 6th uh, defendants as they restrict their travel to D.C., but they did not, and I think that they didn't want that battle. Uh, I think they know that because that's where I do most of my work, that this was something that they didn't want to, um, you know, take a, a PR bloody nose on. Remember, the video that I've seen, uh, the video that's been released, the video that appears to be pretty conclusive, especially if you ask Glenn Beck, I don't know that we'll get to him in this segment, shows Steve Baker just walking with Jay Sixers inside the Capitol, acting like a reporter. I saw our editor, Matthew Peterson, share on uh, X or Twitter about an hour ago that the Blaze is poised to release footage that directly... Um, contradicts the charges against you. Did I did I see that correctly? 
you did see that correctly. You know, this is this is the, the tough part, and this is one of the things that's really difficult for anybody to understand unless they're following these trials and these cases, is that the charging documents and what they call the statements of facts are presented as a narrative from the government side, and it's usually five, six, ten times worse than actually what the behavior of the defendant was, whether it was a misdemeanor or a felony. I mean, obviously, if you're swinging a baseball uh, bat at a cop, you, you know, whatever else they said doesn't matter. But if you're a person, like, for instance, they're, they're saying that I picketed and I paraded through the Capitol. Well, that did not happen. Uh, they said that I was disruptive and in, in in using abusive language. That did not happen. The only thing that they say in the statement of facts is what they have done to all of these. Uh, and I think I've even told you this before, is all of these trials are about scary words. All of this is about the suppression of speech and 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 basically teaching those of us on the right side of the political spectrum what we can and cannot say and what is allowed and so they are literally in the charging documents using words that i said before or after against me not my behavior inside the capitol words after you mean like editorial or political commentary they're using that against you is that what you're alluding to absolutely 100 percent wow Yeah. Wow. And Glenn Beck agreed. Let me show just a couple of minutes of the video of our investigative journalist in the Capitol. Uh, We thank you to the Speaker of the House who late last night uh, gathered a team together to try to get all of the footage of Steve. You can see him uh, walking in the Capitol. He is Covering, he's standing off to the very back of the room in this. Away from the crowd. Away from the crowd, with his camera, with his notebook. He's not engaging in anything. He is doing reporting. They have charged him with ridiculous misdemeanors. And 30 minutes from now, he is going in front of a judge here in Dallas, Texas. In leg irons and an orange jumpsuit just to be able there. You see, oh, wow, he did. Was that a bomb or was that a camera flash? This is America. You don't stand up now. It's over. Journalists going to prison. Yeah, everything but the orange jumpsuit happened just the way Glenn Beck was predicting. Jack, can you do it in 20 seconds? Welcome. Seconds. On Dick Wadhams, I don't know anybody that thinks Dick Wadhams has any credibility besides our beloved Peter Boyles. That's all I have to say. Jack, that's right. Jack called before, huh? All right. What was that, Jack? Listen, the music is here. Man, what a fast-moving show. Full lines, three hours, text messages galore. Thank you all so much for your support as I, you know, just fight my way back from the loss of the love of my life. Uh, thank you for your support in my decision to rerun as Republican National Committee man. I used to end all my shows saying, God loves you, so do I, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Love up to my bride in heaven and love to each and every one of you. I'll be back next Saturday. When you're in a fight, remember this. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the he wants. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.